Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 26th day of February. Thanks for joining me as we are in the final work week of the month of February, and a little longer week than, uh, uh, or a little longer February than we normally have, because, of course, leap year, which means we have 29 days this year in the month of February, and that means our essay edition will come to you on the 29th. So for the next three days, we're going to close out the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Luke and then head into the 10th chapter. I think the essay probably will begin, will, will incorporate that first story at the beginning of the 10th chapter. Uh, and we'll talk about that in the next couple of days. I'm, I'm trying to put a little bow on this ninth chapter, finish it up properly before we begin a new month or, or at least before we begin the essay kind of gives us a good spot to mark as we continue our journey. We've arrived at the cost of discipleship, the cost of following Jesus. And I'm struck by, and I'm just telling you now, Jesus is about to deal with three different things on this, in this final cost of discipleship passage. And so with us having three days before the essay, that will help us to break this down properly. Although I probably will read it all so that you can get a feel for the flow of it. Let's do that first and then begin our commentary, in which we sort of work one of these per day for the next three. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through the end of the chapter is verse 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I'll follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I read all three to you. Again, we'll deal with each one each day. But I don't think that what Luke is doing is trying to show you this bizarre incident where Jesus and his disciples are walking down the road and Jesus is trying to recruit people to be his disciple. And he asks one guy and the guy can't. And he asks another guy and the guy can't. And he asks another guy and the guy can't. In fact, one of them even tries to follow Jesus, but Jesus sort of talks him out of it. Another wants to, but he's not really ready. Um, Another wants to, but he needs to say goodbye. And so in all of the situations, it looks like the way Luke writes it, that this is happening, boom, boom, boom. But I don't think that's the case. And I think the narrative cue here is verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, this isn't an indication that all along the road they're meeting these different people, but it's more of an old way of saying, as time went by, As we traveled down the road, it's like saying, as you go down the road of life, okay, you're not literally going down a road, but it's a journey. It's something in which you're you're traveling, you're moving from one place to the other. Um, And if something happens on the road of life and then something else happens and something else happens, we aren't going to assume they happen simultaneously or chronologically, like boom, 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 within a two-day or three-day span or within an hour span. You might tell a story of what's happened to you on the road, 
and they're separated by years. And so we know these aren't separated by years, but they're probably separated by days or weeks. And But Luke puts them all in there to show us the different ways in which people refuse to follow Jesus. So the first way is a man says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus confronts that. He's not confronting the I'll follow you part. He's confronting the wherever you go part. And so Jesus says to him, well, a fox has a hole and a bird has a nest, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, even the wild animals have somewhere they're going to sleep tonight. The son of man often doesn't know where he's going to sleep. He doesn't exactly know what tomorrow holds. Do you want to live a life in which you don't always know what tomorrow holds? Now, of course, Jesus is not telling all of us not to have a bed or a pillow. Um, We also know he has a house at certain times during his ministry, and he is taken in by people. But it's Jesus saying to prospective disciples, Be careful saying you'll go wherever because wherever isn't always a solid spot to put your foot. Sometimes wherever is walking on water, an image that means there's no firm foundation under you other than faith that you're following the voice of God. When we follow the voice of God, we don't have the same confidence in the flesh that the world has who looks into the logistics of every move to make sure it's all going to work. And then they drop their foot because, oh, well, this this will hold me. Following Jesus is sometimes swinging your leg over the side of the boat and stepping onto water, which is a fool's errand. You, You can't walk on water. It doesn't hold your body. And yet, of course, the story is that we do, as long as we're walking towards Jesus, we know he told us to get out of the boat. So when Jesus says, don't say you go anywhere or wherever, you got to be sure that you're willing to live a life in which you don't always know what tomorrow holds. Man, I've lived this out. I I live a life in which I don't always know what tomorrow holds. Um, I was doing a meeting for someone in another state about two years ago, three years ago, and they picked me up from the airport. We were talking, and, and they asked about our life and our ministry, and it was cordial. We were having a good conversation, and, and he said, well, so what do you do uh, when you're not preaching? And I said, well, I'm usually teaching or writing or podcasting or editing or shooting a video, or there's something that we have to do to put the word out. And he said, oh, so your day job is doing that. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, how do you make a living. And I said, well, we, we survive on ministry. It's if people like what we do, want what we do and support what we do, then we get to keep doing it. And if they don't, then we don't. And he said, so you, you mean you don't even know if it's going to be there next week? And I said, no, I, I don't, I don't know for sure. I mean, I know what the Lord has told me to do. But I don't know for sure if it'll be there. Not in the way that you know when you have a job where someone you signed a contract. But no, I don't know. And they shook their head and said, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can live a life where I didn't know what was coming. Where I didn't know if we would have it next week or next month or next year. And I remember sitting in that car being struck by, I I hadn't thought of it in those terms in a while. And I said, well, you know, it's the 
it's the cost of what I get to do and it's what, of what I have to do. And um, I've thought of that conversation many times since. And there's been times I've looked at the bottom line here at the ministry and went, how much longer do we get to do this this way? But the Lord keeps doing what he's doing. So you don't get guaranteed that you have a place to lay your head, but you follow the one who leads. I know you're doing the same. We'll look at these other two in the next two days. See you tomorrow. God bless.